Surprise! We're in your podcast feed on a Monday. Oh, this is the Cincy Postcast. I am your host, Kevin Wallace, and this is the first episode of our new format. In this episode, it is all Houston Dynamo visiting FC Cincinnati. A heck of a win. What a turnaround from last year for the Orange and Blue. We have a special guest helping us tackle this first game. We touch on a little bit of the before and after the game as well. Uh, Just a fantastic episode, but I hope you enjoy this new format. Enjoy this episode. Oh, and joining me to talk about that game, we've got the usual crew. We've got Grayson. We've got the chief. Gentlemen, it's Monday morning. What are we doing in people's feeds here? What is happening? <laughs> well, we we looked around. I looked around, and I noticed there was a table, and that table was empty. <laughs> it was empty because a certain gentleman decided to go into retirement and left no one to set the table on Monday mornings for FC Cincinnati fans. And I thought, why not us? Why not the postcast? <laughs> also, I'm per- I am profoundly hungover. Let's never record this early <laughs> on a Sunday morning ever again. I, I said before, I am double fisting a Gatorade and a black coffee. We're surviving. Grayson, how does it feel to be up on a Sunday morning talking about FCC? Uh, it feels a lot better that since, since they won. I mean, it, it always feels good to talk about the team after a win. Well, if they, if they hadn't won that game, there's no chance we were recording this morning. We were, pu- <laughs> we were pushing this off till Sunday night. Like I would have, I, this 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 morning wake up call would not have happened to talk about a loss. <laughs> oh no, I I'm excited about this. Yes, the uh, the new format of the post. We'll see how long we can keep this up. Uh, Monday mornings, we should be dropping a new episode in your feed to talk about uh, the game that was over the weekend. Thanks to Apple giving us a more standard schedule, that should be pretty easy to hold ourselves to. Uh, But we will be also dropping a second episode on Thursdays that should be a little more loosey-goosey. People really enjoyed some of the content we had over the off-season, and we didn't want to get rid of that with the season starting up. So Thursdays, we'll still have some soccer uh, that we talk about there, some of the the news that comes up throughout the week or uh, interviews that we do. We'll we'll probably live on the Thursday episode more likely, uh, but just be aware that you will now have a double dose of the postcast each week, assuming... We can stick with this recording schedule. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm always shocked that we made it this far. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll 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 see. It's getting uh, for for. We might need to turn the ad feature back on so that we can have. Uh, we can make six. If I'm making sixty cents an episode, I think I can live with it. That's a good point. Yeah, we, we will have to pull. You know, I, I do feel compelled to point out too before we really get into this that this is episode fifty-two. So this would represent a full calendar year of the postcast. And I had given us three weeks of this. (laughs) I mean, if you know us, we do tend to jump from idea to idea and never really finish anything to completion ever. Like the number of, the number of ideas in the group chat over the last couple of years of, wouldn't this be fun to do? 
is a lot longer than things that have actually gotten done. So I am I am not giving up on the getting a stadium built in a city board game. That is too good of an idea to give up on. I I think that would slay. That and Opefest are my two long term. Like we really need to make that a reality. Yes. Yes. Well, speaking of Opefest, we could not set the table. For the week for FC Cincinnati without the man, the myth, the legend, Jonah Chad. from Night. Oh, no, Chad's coming in from Kayla. That would be such an incredible pool if we got Chad to co-host an episode. He's got oh, headlines, baby. We, we've got Jonah, and he's got headlines. Uh, Jonah, take take it away, man. You you've This is yours. No, it's not mine. But I did try to write him, you know, like a really a good boy during the game and i had it like i was on my notes app they had like the headline my brightness is up a little high and i said something about like brenner lays a turd or something i don't know what it was but there was i was like there could be people behind me like am i texting these absurd things to people <laughs> so i turned the darkness down i quietly just went back to my uh terrible headlines but uh you know a year off they haven't gotten any better at all and i'll throw in especially for you uh Chief, I got to get these names right before we start. The same in my head, Chief and Grayson. That's what I always call you because um, that's clearly our names. That's your names. Uh, now how, are we, how, how are we doing this? Because I have some headlines too that I wouldn't. Oh, please, I, that makes it better for me. And then you can see how truly awful mine are. But yeah, we'll, we could just uh, round robin it. You Let's know, do it. Come in. Um, mine tend to. I always. Negative is always funnier to me. I should be I mean, I'm more positive about the game, even though we weren't that great. But we won. I'm happy. So, you know, take all these with a grain of salt. Uh, <laughs> but the first one, uh, Chief, you're going to recognize this paper. This is from the the Idaho Potato. Oh, favorite. <laughs> Are you familiar with that? Keep covering FCC uh, no matter what. Bailey Appreciation Night. don't know if you saw this one. Fan-focused Brenner and Vasquez sent ball after ball high into the Bailey to honor FC's loudest supporters. <laughs> Guys. Hashtag you gotta respect that. Gotta. I know I did. They uh, they really do need to change the policy to let you keep the soccer ball if that's going to keep going for the rest of the year. <laughs> yes. Like baseball. Nice souvenir for a fan. Mm-hmm. $180 um, souvenir. I don't know if you saw this one. This was from the uh, Toledo Blade. I don't know Ooh. when they actually added a FCC beat writer, but we'll have to add them to a uh, the guest rotation. An early Christmas for FCC. Santos Claus's first goal of the season for FC Cincinnati. Santa Santa Claus. Anybody? <laughs> oh, I'm familiar with his work. <laughs> Man well, gets around the, the earth. <laughs> <laughs> the Cleveland Plain Dealer saw that headline and tried to one up you, but failed terribly. Uh, the Riddler returns. New center back poses question: What are you most scared of? And the answer. <laughs> Sorry, I was playing the ball forward. Oh, you saw that. I was most scared. I'm he, sorry. Uh, he looked good. He looked as advertised, That's I thought. Fine. Yeah, he's he looked okay. Hey, when you said he was 20 last night, Grace, and I was... I thought, I think I he's thought he was like a, yeah, I thought he was like a 30-year-old vet. We shows how locked in I am on the uh, off-season <laughs> roster, but I feel a lot better knowing he's 20 years old. Yeah, uh, he's fast as hell. That was great to see. Like, if that's the one-for-one Cameron swap on the back line, like, that'll work. We we can work with some of the imperfections there. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this one. This was from the uh, the Washington filibuster. I don't, I don't know where I found this one at. <laughs> Doss boot sunk. No boots available at the Teak forces fans to buy normal beers. 
Oh, that was maybe the most heartbreaking moment of the night was going to my third uh, beer vendor and finding out that the boot was not actually in the stadium. I'm staying woke on this. I don't really think the boot exists. I think they brought it out for media day and they got everyone all hyped about the boot as an idea. Like, hey, get there early, get to the the concession stand. You want to you want to get that first boot down before kickoff so you can get your ten dollar <laughs> refill because if you buy just one boot it um it does the value just isn't there on the one boot you got to go for two which means getting there early and then everybody got there and there was no boot i don't know oh, i was man. gonna say boot wise um i walked in the stadium last night and there was a woman whose sole job was to be at the first self-serve pop thing and just like waving people away she's like no not working <laughs> it's not working i was like this is the first really laying out it didn't seem very uh opening game and i mean that's until you know the sword came into play but i was like no we are we're already out of this so it's six o'clock i do need to know did you bring the cup jonah i brought the cup uh but also we bought one of last year's cups we had to finally get rid of the usl cups because the paint was all every time you put it in the washer whatever the paint stuff just was chipping it was getting in our drinks (laughs) i saw what i saw one other person who had the same cup as us and i was like nice so yeah they have self-serve down in uh first financial too so that was good to see uh did you guys see this this was in uh bon appetit they're covering it sleepy b sabotage local eatery serves vasquez johnny cakes by mistake breakaway chances turn to flapjacks oh if he's not having his kodiak cakes he's losing a little gusto we still uh, love you brandon we might need to look might need to look at waffles if this keeps up just gonna throw that out there more heavy what foods what i don't is understand he about- too is he, is he feeling too much pressure from from the pancake thing <laughs> from carrying the pancake thing along that's affecting his his play at this point didn't he say he's not yes. even a pancake guy yes like this this yeah. bit has gone on way way too long and maybe it's just getting to him it's like i can't keep eating these things they're heavy <laughs> they weigh you down before the match I uh, I forget what it was he said. It was the uh, it was some Mexican breakfast item. Was Chilis. his like that's what it was. It was his actual breakfast of choice. But I don't, I don't see that catching on. <laughs> Sadly, not. Um, this was another one that came across my uh, my Twitter feed when I was very inebriated after the match last night. Um, this one comes from uh where was this one from oh the topeka informer in kansas um oh yeah they're really getting into soccer in the midwest i don't i don't know what that's all about maybe they're eyeing that 70th expansion franchise when that comes around (laughs) not really my thing fcc defenders decide to switch off a key set piece at the end of the first half hey shout out to my brother yeah The, the table the table has to be set in many ways um speaking of set the set piece not great it was no kind of a bummer way to end the first <laughs> half that they kind of fell asleep on uh after scoring the goal and that was kind of kind of a bummer kind of a if there was one thing i was hoping that wouldn't continue from the last year's version of fcc it was bad defending right after the ref puts the board up for stoppage time at the first half of the second half oh, i thought you were going to talk about offensive set pieces for a second because that's did they poison not not really not really better either <laughs> not really uh, a thing they seem to have a new they seem to have come up with like a new new approach to it but it's just like we found another way to be ineffective there was like yeah. a set piece late in the game where i think 
all of the worst players on the field touched the ball in sequence. It was like it was like Gaddis, Murphy, Powell, or something. Like it was, it was like all right, who's who's <laughs> a, who do we least want touching the ball in the offensive third and make sure all of them get it. Yeah, perhaps, that, perhaps the idea was, was to confuse them so thoroughly. Like, well, we certainly don't expect any of these guys to touch the ball. They're not going to score. <laughs> oh, that's the move that NFL had coaches do all the time with the goal line play. Here's the fullback that never takes the ball ever. We're going to give him a touch at the most important point on the field when we need points. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, you guys really table set for me. This is from Laurel Failers, Queen City Press. Feels like cheating. Noonan calls for investigation after the, after the Dynamo repeatedly executes successful corner kicks. <laughs> I literally thought they were going to score on every single corner kick. They were like the inverse of ours. Uh, Hector Herrera is like a DP just for every single corner kick was a terrifying experience. And it didn't matter. He was doing in-swingers. He was doing uh, Max's hated out-swingers. They were all working. They We like held our breath every single time. What's that like? You could just whip it in the box like that, you know? Lucho (laughs) can put the ball anywhere he wants unless it's a corner kick. And then he's like, let's get it out to the top. Let's cross it. Then fire it back in because it's not like we have Brandon Vasquez or (laughs) seven-foot Matt Miazga in there who could possibly have the ball. But, uh, yeah, corner kicks, man. Every corner kick for them felt like a half a penalty kick. Do we think Lucho has some type of, like, ADD where if the ball's moving and there's action going on around him, he can – play a pass but if it's just sitting there and he just has to focus on just playing that one kick with nothing else happening he just absolutely cannot do you think yes. maybe that he's part tyrannosaurus rex because everyone knows from jurassic park their vision is based on movement if the ball is stationary and everyone is stationary in the box they're not moving around until the whistle blows he can't see where anyone is to kick them the ball he can't see the ball to kick <laughs> I mean, it makes more sense than anything else, right? Like, he just, he's really bad at it. And Herrera, yeah, like, he's not an incredible player, but he really lived up to that deep-lying midfielder, like, can put the ball exactly where they need it sort of billing. And, yeah, his set pieces were great, and I we don't have that. And it would be really nice if we could just bring in somebody who could do that. We also really didn't have a lot of set pieces in this game. I think that we were out cornered significantly. Just it was, and some of that's down to some just, you know, the unlucky bounces in a game. There were a couple that, from my vantage point, over 120 yards away, 130 yards away in the Bailey, I could tell the ref clearly got it wrong when he didn't award us a corner kick. (laughs) Did we get a corner? I'm going to die on that hill. (laughs) Did we get a corner the entire night? We got that one foul that was called close to the corner. Yeah, I don't. And I remember thinking, like, that's basically our first quarter tonight. Yeah. I don't know. We had the first half one where we did our training ground one where we kicked it short, crossed it, and then floated it back in. If we if we had one, it was only one or two because I I remember thinking during the match that they are just A, they looked incredibly dangerous on set pieces, and B, we just didn't have set pieces at all. We had no corner kicks to their seven. No, wow. well, I guess we had another foul then just near the corner then. Cause yeah, yeah. I thought for sure we had another one. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, they had, they had seven corner kicks to our none. They outshot us 19 yeah. to 14, seven on target versus our five on target. And they outpossessed us 62 to 38. If you were just watching the statistics, you would think this was an ass kicking. Yeah, but we've been on the other side of this before. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's I guess like it's 2021. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the Yopstom special. Was the underlying or the overall stats look good? The underlying stats look terrible, but the the top line stats look pretty okay. I was gonna say this is not a tangent, but the balls on Doctor Grant to tell everybody like don't move. His vision's based on movement on something you've only studied the bones of. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, where are you getting that? Like, that's just a hunch at that point. Like, I'm looking at a dinosaur skull, and his movement's based or or is yeah. I don't know if you guys ever read those books as a kid, but the the book version of the Lost World, Crichton totally backtracks from that as a as a as the way T Rexes operate. Like, there's a <laughs> There's a character in the second book who's like a dumb paleontologist, and there's like a smart paleontologist, and the dumb paleontologist dies because he just stands there <laughs> thinking the T Rex won't be I able to have made see the him. Movie. That'd be great. <laughs> Damn. So maybe was it just that one T Rex in the first movie? It's don't don't move. His vision's based on movement. This specific T Rex, like, and no other. I'm that good as a paleontologist. And it worked, and he was like, "Whoo, baby, thank God that worked out for you." <laughs> like how did you know uh, that i was just guessing <laughs> yeah big time guess i don't want to lose uh the forest for the trees though this is paywalled headline from pat brennan cincinnati inquire we can't forget about his goal kicks a sullen ali khan passes note to paul rogers after another celentano save rough, <laughs> rough second half for uh khan can i I'm, I'm gonna call him ali khan to the day i die but uh some big some big hands from the big man yeah, I thought right. I thought Roman played really well, and um, for the first time, as long as I can remember watching Roman play, which is now one year, so not that long, um, <laughs> he had what I what I would consider to be some quality distributions. Um, he had one where I think he just put it on a tee for Lucho to start a breakaway that was just a. It, it's you watch that and you're like, "Yep, this guy has a future playing outside of MLS in in, in quick fashion." If that can become the norm, as opposed to ooh, an interesting uh, aside. But I thought, I thought he had a great game. To me, he probably was the man of the match for FC Cincinnati. But yeah, be open to interpretation on that. So I actually have a sponsored headline. Ooh, um, sixty cents. Here we come. Yeah, this is from a from a, a timeshare company, and it was uh, targeted <laughs> to FC Cincinnati fans. And it was um, uh, sorry, I, I dropped it, so I'm trying to. <laughs> trying to find it um, <laughs> it was uh did you did you like that winning goal fcc fans for some more ob excellence head to the outer banks hey <laughs> i hate that I, I hate that i understand that reference Grayson definitely has an obx bumper sticker Prius. <laughs> could, could you have thought of two less likely goal scorers before the uh the start of the match than I'm, I'm santos really, and obi i'm actually really pissed off that obi scored because i was this close during the course of the day to tweet out uh obi's gonna score this season <laughs> this season, I, that's yeah, and I just, I just didn't. Right, another one in the drafts, a day late, yeah. a dollar short. I saw him down the left wing at one point, like up the field, and I was like, "Wow!" I mean, nothing came of it, but I was like, "What's he doing over there?" And they're like, "No, really, come back," because this curly-haired fuck keeps slicing and dicing us the entire game. I don't know who that guy was, but send that guy to Europe, Jesus. Or our defense was rough, but the, the other, the other thing that sloshed to the drafts is uh, when I was doing the fake. Uh, player transfers until FC Cincinnati signs a new defender. 
uh, on my list was Tate Schmidt, who at the time was a uh, free agent left back, and he was Houston's goal scorer. Oh, oh. We I could don't have want bought him. Schmidt on our team. Though. I, don't, I don't like his vibe. I don't, I don't, like want, him, I don't want him either. But Tate, it, was, it, it was dire time. <laughs> it was Tate a soccer player only because he couldn't pick up a lacrosse stick and hold it? Is that how that worked? <laughs> right. Just kept dropping it over and over again. Hockey was too expensive. Yeah. Um, Chief, you got another one? I do, actually. I found this one. This was interesting. This was from the uh, Tampa Bay Tribune, uh, all the way down in my old hometown of Tampa. Do or donut. There is no race. The Duncan era ends at FC Cincinnati. <laughs> wow. I totally forgot. And, uh, everything but the house was gone, too. Everything's right? changed. I mean, was this the first home game for FC Cincinnati where there wasn't a Dunkin' Donuts-themed activity happening at halftime? Yes. Are they, are they out totally? They it seemed that way, I unless didn't... they forgot to, cue the, yeah. forgot to cue the video board screen up. I liked that 20-second challenge. I mean, that was amusing for a player video, but yeah. What else? Was there something else I'm forgetting during halftime? There had to be something else, right? I think that was it. Damn. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I didn't see any Dunkin' Donut anywhere, so maybe we lost them as a sponsor completely. This is the first uh, sacrificial lamb at the altar of Apple. I'm going Tweet to blame out. Apple for this. Post-exclusive. <laughs> Is it, isn't 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 Pawtucket getting like a USL, some kind of team? Maybe, Probably. Maybe, maybe Duncan is uh, That's focusing their efforts on that. So yeah. like in MLS, you've got Red Bull that owns a MLS team, but in the USL, you've got Dunkin' Donuts that owns a USL team. <laughs> you need one caffeinated beverage team per league. That's the rule. Paw, the Pawtucket Duncan's F, Duncan FC. <laughs> Donato's is sponsoring my indoor team. <laughs> Duncan FC does sound like a team that plays in like the Scottish second division. Yeah. <laughs> I would unironically be a fan of a team that was owned by a corporate coffee chain like Dunkin' Donuts. That would be incredible. But also, did you guys see this? Speaking of which, speaking of uh, pregame, postgame, uh, halftime, this is from Highlights Magazine. Mommy, where's my castle playset? The FC eminent domains from a West Side West End family for Gary's stab zone. Wow. <laughs> I got I gotta say, Kevin, it looked a lot more impressive in your picture than when I saw there. I was like, that's that little, <laughs> little tiny little I don't know, what do you call those little castle uh the circle things? I know Grace. Cobblestones. The uh oh yeah, what it's like, made of? like ramp? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there for this. I didn't see this thing. Yeah, like, Grayson famously walks in after the national anthem so that nobody has to see him kneeling. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, it was a Castle there wasn't much to it, right? No. Like there wasn't I don't no. know. Like it was such a nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I was expecting a lot more. Like based on how this had been described to me, that this was gonna be some big thing where there's going to be like lights and Gary is going to triumphantly walk out. He's going to hold a sword up like it's fucking Highlander or something like that. Then they're going to stab the sword into the dirt that they've made as cobblestone pile out of. And there's going to be pyro right behind him and like lights. And he's going to look like, you know, Goldberg with like sparklers hitting him and shit like that. And nothing. It was just sort of 
if you wouldn't have known it was coming, you would have completely missed it. He was tossing it from hand to hand. <laughs> it's like he was stalling for something. He's like, dude, dude. I was like, is he freestyling or is this like part of the thing? It's waiting for a moment that never happens. That kind yeah, of you should. Funny. It's actually. I'm happy that uh, you're here for this because my one suggestion that I made to uh, to the front office was that what they should do so is like if you see if you saw it last night, Gary stabs a pile of dirt basically. That yeah. is in this built-up. It almost looks like an old-school medieval well, like those stones that are yeah. that it is right there. <laughs> yeah. My my suggestion was that Gary should take a jersey from whatever team we're playing, light it on fire, drop it into <laughs> that, and then stab it like that. And I said that maybe if they needed something to light it on fire with, they could get Jonah or Max to uh, <laughs> get, the, get the old grill right there and just light it on the grill and pick it up with the barbecue tongs, toss it right down there. There's nowhere to go but up. That's for sure. That uh, jersey did not burn easily. It took a little bit of effort to get that thing to actually catch fire, if I remember correctly. Show some you respect get, for the DH gate, yeah. You can get somebody from the circus school to like wrap the jersey around the sword and then Ooh. light it so you're swinging around this flaming sword. There's that would be so much better. Yeah, it. he placed it so gingerly into it. It wasn't like a triumphant stab. It was like, a, oh, I guess this has to go back in now. Like, it was very weird. It, it very much felt like they hadn't rehearsed this at all. That yeah. there weren't like, you know, that this was the first draft of, like, okay, what are we doing? All right, we'll take the sword, go out there and stab it. Well, where do I stab? I'll just figure it out when you get there. And there wasn't any like real plan to what Gary was supposed to do. And I'm just imagining whoever's in the gary costume just wandering out on the field there's all these people and he's like oh shit i don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> it's like uh, the uh the i think you should leave bit about there's too much shit on me there's too much shit on my head it's like he he can't look straight down to figure out where to stab he slides it in yeah. at like 45 degrees like yeah they're gonna need there's a a frantic call being made to wherever, you know, furry central that they get these mascot suits from. It's like, we're going to need the Gary suit to be more articulated next time. <laughs> uh, um, Jonah, you wouldn't know anything about where mascot suits come from, would you? I don't know. We'll see. I've, I've been inhaling a lot of glue lately. So I'll say about that. Um, let's, let's bring it back to reality, though. Okay, this one is from... Um, popular science magazine base times height Arius might be the perfect equation at right back sorry I was in search of more like, uh, who did uh oh base times height look like he kind of looked like uh barial's dad but he also like he leaves a very familiar face but uh he also doesn't look like a pacey right back but he was out there you know he was doing his thing did you like the new guy what's also what's his first name I can't remember. Santiago. 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 I knew it. My wife said, isn't that where he's from? I said, uh, no, that's in Chile. <laughs> I, like, I didn't know enough to, to argue he's, with it. Where is he from? He's Colombian. Colombian. Yeah. Although in this moment, if you would have said Santiago is a country in Colum- is a city in Colombia, I probably just would have gone with it. Well, I'm it sure it is. My, I assume it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that, but yeah, of course it is. Um, no, I thought he looked good. Um, I thought the entire defense looked good for as much as the midfield was sort of letting them possess the ball and move the ball with impunity, I thought our back line was incredibly strong. I thought the center backs were good. I thought that Arias, um, 
the one thing I I noticed about him when he was playing was that he seems to have almost like an effortless second gear that he only hits into when he needs to. So he moves just as fast as he needs to move at any given moment and then kicks it into high gear and everything looks good. I, I thought he was I thought he was as advertised. I, I think he's going to fit in well. He felt like gen- genuinely dangerous going forward, too. I mean, he was pretty good with the ball, was getting into dangerous positions, got to the end line a few times. Um, didn't put like a cross in that I recall. No, he um, likes to play it on the ground at the top of the box. That was his move. There is a Santiago in, in Colombia, but Arias is from Medellin. Yeah, that would make too much sense. Medellin, uh, I thought, was a fam- that that is famous for being the fake movie in Entourage. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, it, it would be a tough look to be named after the city you're living in. Like, it's one thing to name yourself after a city that you're not from. Like, you can name your kid Brooklyn if you live in L.A., but like, you can't name your kid Brooklyn in Brooklyn. That would be. That would be weird. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get my last two out of the way, and then you guys can maybe talk about the actual game too. Um, this was from um, what was the Hustler magazine where it was just the stories? Was it Hustler Stories? <laughs> Dear Penthouse. Yeah, Penthouse Forum. Penthouse yeah, there we go. Forum, That's so, yeah. it. I'm a, I'm a, well, I'm told. I, well, I'm, I'm reading off it now. I don't know why I'm asking you guys. This is from the Penthouse Forum. <laughs> uh, so incredibly wet. TQL Stadium, a pool of liquids as River Kit Victory leads to erotic sounds from the killer's Brandon Flowers. It was was a rock concert there with Chief leading leading the sing-along. Shirtless. Just could not get enough. It was, I don't get it. I'm not going to get it. I look, look, I don't, I, it was fun to watch the whole like lights of Cincinnati thing kind of take over a very, very small corner of the internet that's populated <laughs> by the dozen or so people that listen to this podcast. But, um, and Evan I, Laura and <laughs> yes. yeah, obviously, um, I, you don't have to be a lights of Cincinnati fan. I, I think it's would be, I think it would be cool. I understand the challenges to doing that. Whatever your take is on what the song should be. Everyone should be able to agree, Mr. Brightside ain't it. It just, it's, there are so many, like, there are so many better choices than, and I'm happy that Pat Brennan is, is dying on this hill with me. <laughs> like, I, 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 I want to die on the hill, but it's great to have a brother in arms right there. And I, I am going to die on the hill that this is a stupid song to play. Like, if you're a Killers fan, there's five better songs by the Killers that you can play after a match that's hyped up. Play the man. That's a, cool song that's fine but it's not about a dude getting cucked like <laughs> let's just think a little bit more about this before it becomes yeah. a thing <laughs> unfortunately it is a thing it's not and it doesn't you can't, have to be you can say it's not a thing but it happened we were all I'm making a killer's we, banner for the next game. we heard <laughs> we heard mr brightside play immediately as soon as the game was over that's yeah. Oh, it's Pavlovian we, now, baby. <laughs> if we nickname uh, Vasquez, Brenner, and Lucho the Killers, we can make it stay. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you, it was a hit. She's mad that you even put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. It was a hit in the first financial club. People were singing along to it. They were dancing. They were pretty. They seemed pretty pretty happy to hear Mr. Brightside. There's like there's like a dozen. There's a hundred songs you could play that would have the same reaction that aren't Mr. Brightside. You could play Piano Man, and everyone would that's sing. A, that's okay. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the only song it's just was it father and son by cat stevens everyone's like yeah let's go. I'm like the least likely everyone song. knows it all right Strange i got one fruit. <laughs> like, <"Woo!" laughs> 
right, this is my last one, and then uh, uh, I'll uh, hang up and listen. This was from um, the New York Times, the, the paper of record. Mm. Y'all gotta hear this. Rope protesting supporters go all in for Scott Walker Anthem after his history of gutting union pensions in the state of Wisconsin. Oh man, we can get by. Yes, I know. If you can, you can, you can, you can bleep it. Just, just leave, leave in some. Uh, no, what I was, what I was hoping Scott to, Walker pension. What I was hoping to like use the force to communicate to everybody else here was just we needed to react to that with dead silence, and you just need to leave on that note. And it would have been hilarious. Like drop the headline. No. No reaction. See ya. <laughs> the corner of my eyes, I see Chief like you know making a cut sign or something. So I was like, oh, okay, we get. I, I, I missed the headline because I was distracted by Chief. By Chief, no, I'll say it again. I love. It. They're always playing it the second time. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Usually I do it on KLR. Just like no, this will get a laugh this time. Nope, still no. Okay, y'all gotta hear this. Rope protesting supporters go all in for Scott Walker Anthem after his history of gutting union pensions in the state of Wisconsin. A man we can get behind. <laughs> I want to point, point out, though. Um, folks, there's two Scott Walkers. Okay. <laughs> there also was no rope. It was a plastic chain. So It was a plastic chain. You're welcome. We got Gary's, rid of the rope. Was it Gary's chain? Oh, man. Was it a well, medieval I'll... chain? I can say from my non-Bailey seats, uh, the Bailey seemed fine. So whatever needs to be hashed out, hash it out. But it looked okay from the other side of the stadium. So I, I got a, I got a complaint about the Bailey. Ooh. Oh, this, uh, this will go over well. <laughs> this, will go, this is great. Uh, Hold on, Kevin. Right down, of grievances. Kevin, right down when this is being said, we're going to clip this and we're just going to post this directly as our like little like, of, in I case you missed it. About the Bailey. <laughs> I got a lot of things to tell you people. So, so I come, I come in from the club like right at the end of halftime, and Houston off the, Houston's out there all ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't see our team anywhere. And immediately my thought is, oh, this is like the NYCFC game, but in reverse. Yeah, we we're coming out, we're making them wait, and when the when the players come out, the stadium's going to go absolutely nuts. And the the players came out, nothing, just <laughs> abs- absolutely, just like basically like the moment of silence again. <laughs> we were actually mad that they came out late. We were, yeah. right. <laughs> the guy, we the waited guy sitting, on you. The guy sitting next to me was actually kind of pissed. He was like, "He was like, they're out here. What are we doing? Like, I don't know, man. I'm going oh, back man. inside." Vasquez <laughs> had to take a shit. What do you want? Right. <laughs> Those pancakes were coming right through. It is funny. We didn't. I don't remember a big cheer when they came out. Yeah, that's. I guess everybody was stuck in line for those new, uh, those new pretzels that they were. No, we were, back we were all, home. we were all searching for a boot. Is what was going on, <laughs> right? The boot hunt wasn't over. <laughs> People didn't get their soda, and they were pissed. <laughs> Stay away, oh, um, Jonah. I'm, I'm going to abandon you guys now. Thank, thank you. I'll have less headlines last time. You know, next time if there's no next time. 34 in. You got. I mean, was there a game? Did we win? Were goals scored? Who even knows? Who's to say? No, Jonah. Thank you so much for setting the table for us. We're we're getting this first Monday of the regular season off right, and couldn't do it without you, buddy. Thank you. I'll I'll, I'll find you guys by the lights of Cincinnati. Oh, do the willows and pines. Nope. They'll carry me home. God bless America. God bless FCC. Because you're Mr. Brightside. Uh, Wait a second. (laughs) How does he not say the D word while she's touching his chest? (laughs) For one second, you forget that he's Mormon. He's like, no, 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 no.
touching his chest. Peace. <laughs> oh my God. I am so happy we were able to get Jonah back on. Hopefully that becomes a, a regular feature of the regular season. Uh, gentlemen, there was a game. It happened. We just talked about it for about a half an hour there, but I don't know. What, what was your top line takeaway from, from this game, Grayson? Uh, my top line takeaway is people who think that these early games don't matter, uh, these early points don't matter, are wrong. Yeah, I mean, yep. if you look at if you look at scores across the league, you have Austin losing to St. Louis, <laughs> uh, Columbus lost four four one to Philadelphia, um, NYCFC lost to Nashville. Um, you have a, I mean, teams are sloppy early in the season. And coming away with a win uh, in, in game one is, you know, pat yourself on the back and let's iron out, let's iron out the kinks and get ready for Orlando. Such a good point that it's almost like when we looked at this game, when we talked about it on Thursday, this idea that like this is a game that the, the FC Cincinnati should win. On paper, they should win this game. They are a superior team to Houston. It yep. is almost a disservice to play a game like this early in the season because they're bad, but we're still working out the kinks. We're still kicking the rust off from the preseason. And you saw with St. Louis what happens when a team that's probably going to be contending for the wooden spoon in week one, anything can happen. You look back to FC Cincinnati in 2019. We pick off Portland here in Cincinnati in the first home game. And I don't think we win another game for like a we won that New England game later, but yeah, like yeah. We, we go on to win like five games for the rest of the season or six games. Right, right. Early in the year, these are trap games against bad teams. And, you know, no matter what else we say about this, and I've, you know, I've got stuff to say about this, getting three points as ugly as they were, that really matters. And this was a real opportunity to drop points that didn't happen. And now, you know, you're off and running. And let's like we said on Thursday. You put a lot of emphasis on games later in the year where it's like, oh, this is a must-win game on decision day. It's, well, it's only a must-win game because you picked up enough points before that to make it meaningful. Or conversely, the game might be rendered meaningless if you would have won more earlier in the year. So from or that standpoint. Must, or it's a must-win because you drop points. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I... I was hoping we had one more because I had prepared, you know, you know, after like a 4-1 victory, like, hey, how does it feel knowing that that game doesn't matter now in, in this new playoff format? It's like, no, still feels really good to win. Like, I am a fan of this team and I want them to do well. And it was really fun being back out there. And yeah, I, I think for me, the biggest thing is that this team didn't do as well as they could have. I think everybody can agree with that. But they still won. They still won pretty well. And I never really felt like losing was an option here. I felt like, yeah, maybe Houston could have could have picked up the draw there late in the game. But if anything, my my feeling towards this game was more disappointment that we didn't win by more. But like if Lucho and Vasquez and Brenner, who obviously didn't play most of the game, if they can have bad games and we still win two to one against a bad team that was playing pretty well, like Houston looked a lot better than I thought they would be. 
this team's going to be okay this year. Like we're, we're in good hands. I'm, I'm happy with this. Um, yeah, my no, big, we talked about, yeah, my, please. My, my big, so like I, I was piggybacking off Grayson there, but the, the big thing that I, I took away from this game is that with this team, they have the talent level to go out there and win different ways. Yes. And I think that that's going to be a thing to watch this year. And this was a rock fight and they let it be a rock fight for a number of reasons for just switching off after the first goal, which wasn't great. But I, I agree with your take too, that it always felt like whenever things got bad with this team last night or on Saturday night, they had the ability to like, okay, switch back on. Let's get, let's get things going again. So they, they give up, the, they score the goal. They kind of go to sleep a little bit. They concede right before half. And then two minutes, three minutes out of the, the, the half, they score again. Yeah. And so to your, to your point as well, like it never felt like they were going to lose. I, I had the thought that man, if, they can, if, if they tie this game back up, if Houston ties this game back up at 2-2, this team will go out and they'll pull, they'll pull it back to go 3-2 within a minute or two. It just felt like they were selectively putting their foot on the gas. And that's, that's dangerous against better teams. But yeah. last night, it felt like there was always a response coming from FC Cincinnati. And I think that's just indicative of just how much more talented this team is, is versus any other version of FCC that we've seen before. Yeah. I, I really like that, uh, that this game showed that the plan B can work, that Bariel and Arias looked dangerous enough that you can see like what the other option is if the front three aren't firing Obi and uh, Santo scoring, you know, that's the question is where the goal is going to come from. If the, if the front three aren't working, well, there's your answer. And if Santos works with Dom Kinnear and learns how to score goals, this league is screwed, man. I mean, Santos is still made out of glass and we'll see if he's still injured after this game, but that's a game changer. The the thing to remember with Santos is like, yeah, he does have a reputation of of not not finishing maybe as much as as yeah. he should, but he was also a couple of years ago the leading scorer on a supporter shield team. Mm. Um, so like, I prefer to have healthy Brenner starting every game, but. On the other hand, both of our goals were with Brenner on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, though, when Brenner comes in, it was clear that, like, Lucho felt way more comfortable with yeah, him. Right. And there was a lot more, uh, you know, passing going on between those two and, and Brenner dropping a little deeper, playing with the ball. That was that was really nice to see. Uh, Chief, I want to go back to a point you made earlier with uh, Jonah. <laughs> Roman was fantastic. Yes. And it looks like his distribution issues, I mean, on a sample size of exactly one game, his distribution issues seem to have been cleared up for the most part. How long do we get Roman Celentano for FCC? <laughs> um, that was well, up in the Bailey. That was the first thought I had. He put this pass out there and I'd have to watch back to see exactly when it was. But he put a ball out on a quick restart on a tee. So I think it was Lucho. Um, mm -hmm. I'll have to watch back. But I turned to my friend I was watching the game with, and I said, well, 
he's gone to Europe here in short order <laughs> because that was really the, that was really the only thing about him was yeah. can he get better at too often with with Roman last year there would be a change of possession and he would concede possession back immediately and yeah. being able to quick restart get the ball downfield quickly especially for a team like FC Cincinnati with so much firepower that could be dangerous on the counter. The only real way to be dangerous on the counter consistently is having good distribution from the back, from the goalkeeping position. And man, I'd said it uh, with Jonah, he was man of the match for me. Yeah. I don't think it was particularly close who number two was. And he, if he has taken that next step, I do not believe he will be in Cincinnati much longer. Um, he'll start getting looks, I think, pretty quickly here. Yeah, I buy Roman as man of the match. I mean, I don't think anybody else you could say was particularly good. I mean, every a lot of players had good moments, yeah. right? Or did some good things. Like Obi was kind of his usual self, disruptive in the midfield. But I haven't gone back and looked at the stats, but just to my eyes, it felt like he and a lot of other players on the team were fairly careless with the ball. Yeah. Or made sloppy passes. Um, Barial was very dangerous going forward. He obviously had the assist. I, I think he was involved with Obi's goal in some capacity. He, he, he assisted him. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, I think, I think he put the ball in, but I think it bounced around a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah. The hockey but, assist then. <laughs> but he got, you know, he, he got beat a lot. Cause yeah, he, was, he, did. he was, he was diving in and just, letting whoever that was on on the right Houston get around him a lot and like yeah he worked hard and he recovered but uh, I would like it to see him play more disciplined defensively in the future yeah no completely agree it was interesting comparing Arias and Bariel together and Arias obviously wasn't getting as far forward but the defensive chops on Arias is apparent compared to converted uh wingback Bariel. Uh Arias had multiple times this game where he would just do enough to disrupt the attacker, knock the ball out just so that they had to slow up. It was really impressive watching him. He also had this really good his incredible ability to tip the ball away but keep it in play to turn it around and hit it upfield. I thought that was fun to watch. Uh he also spent a fair amount, I don't know if anybody else notices, spent a fair amount of time screaming at Hagland uh, for for different things. So <laughs> I didn't notice that. No. Hopefully I noticed it like at least two or three times. I was like, okay, well Hopefully they gel a little better because I would expect Hagland to start there the vast majority of the season, uh, barring some some new additions to the team. So uh, maybe a little work in progress. I mean, on it's that a, side it is a it's a step up in. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has played at a very very high level on a number of high level teams, and you know what? If he's going to be shouting at players to get on his level or the level he thinks that they need to play at based on where he's been before. I love Nick Haglund. Best club Nick Haglund's ever been on is Toronto FC. Um, so when a guy that's been at Atletico tells you what time it is, you better check your watch a little bit. Toronto FC, the team a lot of people are picking to finish first or second in the East. Lost to yeah. DC United last night. <laughs> <laughs> who, is, who is everybody's pick for the wooden spoon. 
Yeah. <laughs> now again, these these results don't matter though, so don't worry. So um, the, the, <laughs> tell me if I'm I'm wrong in my assessment of this. To me, the the, the weak link of the team. I mean, obviously, you have to look at the 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 frontline players. Uh, Vasquez did not have what I would consider to be his best game, and I think that you know we'll see better out of Vasquez very quickly. Um, but to me, the, the midfield just it wasn't where it needed to be. I think the back line, for the most part, other than completely switching off on that set piece goal, where yeah. I don't know whose man whose man's was that, but there wasn't anybody like, with it. It looked like Mosquera's. Yeah. If I was to assign blame, yeah, that's who I'd he, give it to. he got really pissed off and started looking around for someone to blame. So I don't, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't gone back to look at the goal, but it, but it felt on the moment like it was, like it was Mosquera. Right. Yeah. No, he had, he had enough space in the box unimpeded that he could have built a, you know, a, a single family and charged Rana's Airbnb there. Um, but I thought the back line for the most part played very well. I thought Miazga had a very solid game. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that the, there were a lot of dangerous opportunities for Houston, but nothing where I really felt like, oh my God, they're going to break through at any second. Now the set piece goal was what it was, but I, I, I thought the back line played real well. I thought the midfield just, there was, there was something off the entire match. They, the passes they were trying to move forward with, there were too many of them that were lazy that were that they, they you'd make the pass and it's very clear it's not going to make it where it's supposed to go and just i hope yeah. that's something that's just they are it's a slightly new lineup out there they're doing some slightly different things i'm hoping that it's just the first match as everything's coming together but like the midfield for being a strength of this team last year my takeaway was that it was the clear weakness on this team last night it felt like they couldn't keep the ball in the midfield and it's like look i haven't gone back and rewatched the game and haven't looked haven't looked at stats on this, but just, you know, after my, after however many drinks deep reaction <laughs> at the game was that it felt like they couldn't keep the ball in the midfield to really advance the ball. In the midfield. Yeah. They had to, when they did advance the ball, it was like, all right, let's find Arias or, or Farial on the, on the wing. I mean, if yeah. you look at the, if you look at the numbers, um, we got badly out possessed in this game, but again, I mean, you know, as, as frustrating yeah. as it is for a team that's getting better, like my hope was as this team got better, we'd start to see more of the ball, and maybe we will. It's it's match number one, which is why the takes are at, you know, they're at mild temperature yeah. right now. Like it'll uh, it's first match, but I, I am hoping that we do see more of the ball. It's one thing to play as the underdog and let the other team possess, and I know that's what this team seems to like to do. But I'm hoping that changes. But they they played way more passes than we did. I'm looking at the numbers: five seventy nine to three sixty one. They were more accurate, 81 to 74 on their passes. They doubled up the number of passes they made in their own half versus ours. They had more opposition half passes than we had, um, more crosses, um, more corners. It just it, every number, every metric other than the scoreline on this game seems to indicate that they played better. And it, it's all down to the midfield. It's, it was the passing in the midfield that we just we couldn't get right this entire game. And as a result, I thought that there was just not a lot of good service opportunities for Vasquez, not a lot of good service opportunities for Brenner when he got in there. And yeah. I'm glad that Obi got his goal, and I'm glad that Santos scored early, but there was just not a lot of threat in what we were doing because we just couldn't get the, keep, keep possession of the ball and move the ball around. Yeah. Brandon did have a couple of chances. He had one right after the Santos goal and another one in the second half. Uh, 
at least where um is that the one know, on the got, break where he skied it over the net yeah well he missed so the first one i think he sent just a little wide yeah to the left side of the goal but he yeah. did sky one in the second half um so you know brandon still found his chances i i don't I, maybe he's getting fouled and they're not calling it but it feels like he needs to be stronger um on on these goal kicks and uh long 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 passes where he's yeah. trying to get in the air and, and uh, you know win a header and dump it off to somebody it feels like he's yeah. getting knocked down a lot on yeah those. I can I can get behind that for sure and chief to your point about the midfield it it looked like they were of two minds and I'm kind of surprised this didn't change after halftime they we're not looking to possess the ball. That was clearly not the intention. They were trying to move the ball around quickly and advance quickly. But at the same time, everybody was really slow passing the ball. And so it was it was like they were trying to do a fast counterattack, but nobody was moving quickly. And they also wanted to possess, but they were just sending it to the wrong places to hold possession. There were multiple times where the smarter play would have been to drop it back and just sit on it, especially when we had the lead. And it looked like everybody was frantically trying to get another goal and, and trying to push up. And it just didn't didn't make sense. But I think to that point, my biggest question would be how much was Obi's injury bothering him? If it was a non-factor, then I'm a little more concerned. If it was limiting him in some way, I'm a little less concerned about this, and I think he can bounce back and play the ball quicker because a, a weird amount of the offense has to go through him as the like number eight shuttler that's moving the ball around behind Lucho. And yeah, when he's a half a step slow, this whole thing falls apart. My thoughts with Obi was that I do think he improved with the ball late in the game. But um, at least to start, I was like, this guy looks like a guy who's been sitting out of training for two weeks. Yeah. 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 And he had been, <laughs> to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's probably worth pointing out, Santos got a goal. Good yeah. on him. Yep. But Santos is not Brenner. They're not yeah. on the same planet. They're barely in the same solar system in terms of, of talent level. And we had talked internally, and I think we talked on, on Thursday that we we expected Brenner to start, and I I was I was surprised, not shocked, but surprised that he wasn't in the eleven to start the match. It just it changes things when he's on the field versus when he's not on the field in terms of everything the defense that the defense has to do. You have to account for Brenner at all times when you're playing FC Cincinnati. If he's not on the field, we become less dynamic and we become a little easier to deal with. So part of what was going on here to a certain extent, is that yeah, I'm not going to panic about the midfield. Everything changes. The spacing of everything changes if Brenner's out there. And I'll, I'll reserve judgment until we see what this team looks like with the full 11 out there, the projected starting 11. And if, it's still, if we're still having this conversation in three or four weeks, I don't think we will. I don't think we're going to be having this conversation about the midfield having problems. But if we are, I, 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 I'll wait to be mad or to be concerned until we're a couple matches in. Yeah. I thought Brenner looked pretty dialed in when he did get in the game. He did. Yeah, yeah, he and really he did. Some of those some of those longer shots with power. Yeah. I'm not sure we've seen we've really seen much of that before. And I know he didn't score any of them, but they were they looked dangerous. I'm he forced, so glad you brought that up. 
He forced Steve Clark into one particularly incredible save. That was awesome. It was just a great play from I, both of them. I am completely on board. I, I noticed this last night when I was watching. I'm completely on board with Brenner taking more shots like that. I think that yeah. that is a good thing for the team. Number one, just because at this level, with the type of goalkeeping that's in MLS, you're going to score a lot of those that you get on frame if you put some pace behind them when you're shooting yep. from outside. And it's just, we haven't seen it a ton from from us, but we've sure as shit been scored on that way a lot. So I would really enjoy if we did a little more of that, because it's demoralizing to give a goal up like that. When somebody takes a rip from that far out of the box and you think yep. you've done everything you're supposed to defensively, and a guy still beats you with pace <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a ball whipped in, like that's, I'd love yeah. to see a little bit of that. I mean, if he's dangerous enough, the teams just have to like worry about it. Yeah. It, it, it makes your offense that much, that much more dangerous. And I agree with the point. I think Kevin made it earlier that Lucha seems to, seems to really like having yeah. Brenner out there to play off. Of. Yeah. 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 He's got, he's got somebody out there who can keep up with him. And that's ultimately what you saw. I think a lot of his struggles under Stom's team was Kubo and Lacadia couldn't do that with him. And he finally got Brenner who could keep up with him, which is a lot of fun. Um, no, I, th I think that does it for this game. I mean, it's a I, hell of a I, win. I, I, I yeah. do have, Ooh, please. Well, I have something we haven't talked about yet. Ooh. And I'm so thrilled to bring this up. I'm surprised it hasn't come up before. How awesome was it to be at TQL Stadium oh. for an FC Cincinnati game? Yes. And we walked out and no one was bitching about the officiating. Hey, <laughs> like, that is a great call. It, how long has it been <laughs> since? I mean, what are we? We are how many minutes into this? We have been recording for almost an hour and no one has brought up the officiating because the game was well officiated last night. There were the only controversy with the officiating was the dude <laughs> yes. that blew a tire. And we had to yeah, wait like yeah. 10 minutes for his bum ass replacement to get out there. But even after the, the backup ref came in, they jogged out of the VAR booth and came down. Even <sighs> after that, everything was pretty much okay. There were no controversies. There were no bad calls. There was nothing that people were howling about, but not done. Cards were given at appropriate times for cynical fouls that needed to be carded. It was fantastic. Job well done to pro. One match in, and you are silencing the haters and losers, of which there are many in this space. Are we? Are we sure that Lucha was not offside on Obi's goal? Oh, it's hard to say. I, I, I'm just glad we didn't have to get VAR involved, so I'll live with whatever decision they make. Yeah, just, um, I, I didn't need but, that smoke in match one. I don't need a VAR right. review right out of the shoot. I did think um, on Miazga's. I thought it was a handball. In the moment, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't think so no? because okay. it's. It was. Didn't it like his arm was his hand was at its at his side, and that's what they and ultimately he concluded. He didn't use it to play the ball. Yeah, um, and wasn't didn't it bounce up into his hand? I think so. I will admit, I was watching that play happened on the opposite side of the field for me, so I didn't have a great view. But to, I just sort of assumed it was going to be the case. So right, because we're like a house of horrors. It. Like yeah. we are such, we are hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Yes. And like we are hurt by what has happened to us with pro pro referees. And last night, last night was one step towards the reconciliation process. And yeah. pro, if you, the entity, are out there listening to this podcast, number one, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, number thanks. two, this is how the healing process begins. This is how we learn to trust again. 
when we have matches like this where you do a good job, you don't fuck us. The stoppage time was a little excessive. Um, I'm, well, it's because it was because of the referee substitution, because of the right? Sub, but the re- yeah. it, it, it's still excessive. You know, it's just it, it, <laughs> um, when we have the lead, yes, it's it's every minute of stoppage time is excessive when we have the lead. But no, this was this was a this was an easy match to love because the officials loved us back a little bit. Okay, but yeah. here's here's the thing with the officials, and this is not a complaint, but does Apple has to do like a little featurette on? what happened with the official of the substitution and then, you know, peel behind the curtain a little bit on like what the plan is, Yeah, you know, yeah. like, like, like how the officiating crew is set up, what they do with somebody, if somebody gets hurt or, or can't so, go for whatever reason, like, like that would be a fun, cause it was a weird thing to happen during a yeah. game. And I think fans would be interested in seeing a little bit about how that, what, what's how that plays out and, and how the officiating crews are set up to begin with. What's really a lot of people know that. What's really interesting to me is that I we, I was up in the Bailey, obviously, because I'm too cheap to be in the club like y'all. Um, <laughs> but we were I was with a couple of friends. And we were talking. I'm kind of shocked this doesn't happen more often. I don't that, like, remember with, ever seeing it. Like with the, amount of, it. with the amount of running that officials do, even the assistant referees going up and down the sidelines, the amount of running they do. It's and the lie. amount of like collisions they might be involved in at any given moment, but even just the running, I am shocked that I have been watching soccer my entire adult life, and I can't recall any situation where the official yeah. had to be subbed out for for pulling a for blowing a tire, pulling so, a hamstring. Yeah, Grayson, I can try to answer part of your question. Although I agree, I think a feature would be great on how the referees are set up. Um, the center referee has to be at the highest uh, tier to be able to officiate that game, but the assistant referees are allowed to be a tier below. So, like, they would be able to be the center referee for USL, but they couldn't be a center referee necessarily. They could be, uh, but they don't necessarily need the certification to be the center referee uh, for an MLS match. However, the fourth official does, and the fourth official is your first sub. So, what actually happened is the assistant referee blew tire he swapped with the fourth official Uh, and they had to trade the communication piece because the center referee has a way to communicate to them uh during the game i don't know if you guys noticed this though this cracked me up the backup fourth official didn't know how to work the card and so when he held up the added time he made it as a substitutes number yeah so that that, that cracked me up that that was like the one like oh he doesn't know how to work the sign that well he he also um (laughs) he did a really bad job of you one of the biggest skills to be the fourth official the biggest skill you need to have is the ability to emphatically throw the board up and yes. show it to everyone because this is your moment to shine. It's like, hey, hey, home crowd, fuck you. We're doing this for nine more minutes. You got to hold right. on to your lead. And unfortunately, the uh, assi- the replacement assistant ref, bad job at alerting everyone as to how much stoppage time was available. Because yeah. from the Bailey, he didn't flash the ba- – you got to flash the supporter section. You got to show yeah. them how much longer <laughs> you're going to have to put up with this game. How much longer you're gonna hold on? He did not. He did not do a good job at that. That's a that's a D minus effort from him, right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> it showed a nine zero, and I thought, surely not. Surely not. I mean, ninety like, minutes in every, <laughs> in every in every sport. Um, there is one thing that that as an official you live for, and it's your moment when it's like, yep, they all came to see me do this. My my <laughs> my favorite one is if you watch college basketball, there is nothing a college basketball referee loves more 
than calling the charge yeah. in a big <laughs> moment late yes. in the game. The yes. emphatic turnaround, and you're almost doing a punch <laughs> like you're fucking Mike Tyson <laughs> heading it the other way. Just a deflating call for whoever you make that against. Absolutely game-changing. <laughs> in baseball, it's the ring them up on a called third strike to end the inning. Like, everyone's got their signature move. As yeah. a soccer ref, as an official, you're throwing the match thing up. You're throwing the match timer up. That has to be your signature move. You've got to have a go-to that like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is my time to shine right here. All eyes on me. So good. Oh, man. Well, speaking of all eyes on me, we, we do need to touch on this. I don't want to go long on it, but we got to touch on it. The pre-match ceremony of Gary the Knifey Lion stabbing some dirt into the ground <laughs> i don't know why you could it could work pretty easily if you let gary walk out and stab the field i know the field crew will probably hate that but i think it works if you let him just stab the field like any number of college mascots do in the or college baker mayfield Yes, Baker Mayfield. I can never remember the chief's name, but the Florida State Seminole uh, chief that comes out on horseback and Osceola, drops a spear. Right? Yeah, Chief Osceola. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hell of a pull. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Let him do that, and that could be fun. And then you could put, like, pyro out on the field and instead of the uh what looked like compressed air canisters that fired up near the bailey it just looked kind of sad i don't know this is one of those ones where you need to hire someone that's a production assistant at the world wrestling federation like you need to go get someone who has worked with vince mcmahon and and tell him you have five minutes or three minutes to shine every game this has to look like this has to look like you know stone cold or the rock or or becky lynch coming out to a match this has got to be over the top pomp and circumstance pyro and ballyhoo whatever you want to call it um it has to be absurd and kind of take itself seriously like a michael bay movie right like it's absurd it's over the top but like everybody in it believes in it and that's what you need here or or it's got to be the uh, completely the opposite it's got to be like um no. it's got to be a little kiss or it's got to be a li- they, they don't have the ability to do something silly and pull it off it what? has to be serious and corny if well, it's going to work it well, i was thinking more like it's got to be like 80s it's got to be like neon it's got to be like we all we are all aware how absurd this is but we're gonna own every minute of it but like not serious like when you say michael bay it's like i think of the rock where do i like the rock yeah there's a lot of really cornball scenes in there that are just like way way too serious for what's going on in this movie right um but they they deliver it with yeah they deliver it with earnestness like their characters don't like like every movie today has kind of like a wink wink i know i'm ryan reynolds in this movie (laughs) haha you can't have that it has to be like I, I cannot give that order. Right. <laughs> Your best. <laughs> Losers cry about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Right. And 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 that character, I don't know if Sean Connery believes it, but that character believes that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. The other problem, then, I, the other problem oh, I had with please. this was ju- is just that like why are we so into swords? What like Cincinnati was founded after the invention of gunpowder. Why are swords and shields our thing? Like, this doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I don't know. Ask your musketeers. Oh! (laughs) They literally have the word musket in their title. 
<laughs> they, they spend two minutes between each shot. Right. So like, yeah, and on that end, this is like you, you give your mascot a sword. That's gimmick infringement for D'Artagnan down at Victory Parkway. <laughs> I do like that Houston Dynamo kind of works because there's a series of clubs in Europe that were Dianamo, and they were uh, the Dianamo clubs in the Eastern European bloc countries because Dianamo clubs were owned by the secret police. So I like that Houston Dynamo is kind of sort of named after Eastern European secret police. Like Dynamo so. Kiev. Yes, at well, I mean, Dynamo Berlin. And <laughs> so you've got like, so you've almost got like a cop theme going on in. Uh in that da- in uh texas you've got the dallas cowboys they've got a star which is kind of right. like a sheriff's badge you've got the texas rangers which is the name of their law enforcement and then you've got the dynamo so you got the secret police you've got <laughs> the real police and you've got kind of like the fake western police i kind of like rockets got, uh, the rockets are the space force there the we go two, the other two uh texas teams are uh antifa it's fuck cops austin and Fuck cops, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> we can only assume that's what FC so means. Defund- I assume, I don't know. Defund the Dynamo, is that what we're saying right now? <laughs> yes, in fact. And then finally, again, don't want to harp on it too long, but Mr. Brightside was played. Uh, do <sighs> Let me ask it this way. Is there any chance another song is played this season? Yeah, just play a different song every match. There's a, there are, there are thousands of songs that you can play that everyone will sing along to that aren't Mr. Brightside. You can play, said it earlier. You can play Piano Man. You can play um, any number of '80s anthems. You can play Africa by Toto, and everyone will sing along to it and be unable to hit the falsetto parts, and it'll be hilarious. Um, I lo- all-time heater you can throw out at a bar, Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA. Everybody stands up and sings to that song, too. <laughs> Just because everybody sings along to a song doesn't make it a good song. Uh, I, I really liked Sarah's idea from the Discord. Uh, we should play the opposing team's victory song when we win. And whatever that is. Move. I like that. <laughs> like, so it's nice and sarcastic and a little passive aggressive. I was out at the, uh, I was out at the bar. Um, this is a couple of years ago with, with uh, our, our good friend, Das Harks. Um, I forget what we were doing there, but we just happened to be at Ryan house on a night. The crew were playing in the playoffs and it was the, I think it was the last game before they were set to relocate to Austin. And I don't remember if like save the crew was finalized at this point or not. I, I don't remember what the timeline was. That's right. But yeah. As soon as they lost the game, I had on, on the touch tunes queued up all my exes live in Texas. <laughs> and I hit that. And there were three crew fans sitting there. And the one guy looks around and goes, Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> so I, I, I do. I kind of like the idea of playing something that's related to the opposing team. And I'll I'll bet if you thought about it ahead of time, you could probably pick one song that relates to every team you beat that everyone can sing along to. Like you play the Red Bulls and you start playing Sinatra's New York, New York when you beat them and everybody's singing along to New York, New York as they have to walk around the field and shake hands with the team that just kicked their ass. Like that's a power move. Yeah, I like that. It was, uh, yeah, it's, it's Sarah again brought this point up, but uh, 2019, we play Timbers at home for the, the MLS opener. And 
at the end of the game, the supporters started doing the Tetris chant, which is a famous Portland Timbers chant. And it felt really good to do the Timbers chant at the Timbers. That was great. Yeah, I liked more passive aggressiveness in soccer. I like that. <laughs> no, it, it was uh, overall like it's yeah. so it was good to be back at TQL. Stadium yeah. still looking good. Um yep. disappointing about the boot. The boot is a that sucked. I, I feel like it's a false flag. I feel like this is something that was leaked to the media to get people excited. And then we're just never going to have the boot. It will always be the boot will be here next week. I'm worried it'll become a sweet exclusive or a pitch view exclusive. That'll make me really sad. I'm also I'm also half convinced that like they released this idea and like Pat Brennan tweeted about it. And then I think that Bogert picked up on it. And then somebody from the MLS League office called the team and was like, you can't give fans that much beer that's, and discounted refills. That that's that's <laughs> all of these fucking things are going to end up on the field the first time there's a bad call because everyone is going to be drunk from drinking multiple boots during the course of the game. You can't do this. It was really cheap. <laughs> also, like, too, the like, pricing they're looking at is really cheap. I had a lot of questions about the boot because the boot dropped. The boot dropped after we recorded and released last week. So we really didn't get yeah. a chance to talk about the boot. And there were a lot of problems with the boot beyond just that were like immediately apparent to me. Like once the, the once the novelty of DOS boot wore off, it was like, wait a minute. A, boots don't stack. So you're really going to have a tough time. Where are you going to keep all these boots behind yeah. these concession stands? You can't just pick them up like cups, one after the other in sleeves. The boots are all going to have to be sitting somewhere. Boots don't fill as quickly as a beer cup, as a cup does. So it's going to slow yeah. all the lines down because the uh, beer has, if you ever fill the boot up, the beer has to get down into the actual boot itself. It foams like a, like a, it foams badly. Um, <laughs> it takes a while to fill up. So I, all I could think about was just how absolutely horrendous it was going to be to be working the concession stands at TQL as everyone and their brother wants a boot. They like have to come in these boxes that are like, so you're tripping over boxes of boots as you're trying to get pretzels and regular shit for people. And then they fill up real slowly. So everyone's pissed off. They can't get a beer. I'm half of the mind that they tried this out. So I have two, three conspiracy theories. One, that the, the boot was just released as an idea to get people into the stadium earlier and it doesn't actually exist. Okay. Two, conspiracy theory number two. The league called uh, Jeff Birding and was like, absolutely not. You cannot do this. Under not no enough. circumstances are you allowed <laughs> to serve people boots and let them buy refills for $10. No, no, no. Go stab some more dirt, you weirdos in Cincinnati. This is not allowed. Third conspiracy theory was that they had like a trial run of doing this with the concession staff. And the concession staff threatened to like walk off the job. If I have to, if we have to keep filling these fucking things all night, we are not going to do this. So either way, whatever one of those theories you believe, I don't think the boot is ever going to appear this year. And that makes me really sad. Oh man. Well, if it does, we'll be the first ones to tweet about it. I'll, I'll try to get that promise. Right. That's what I need. All right, Pat, I know Pat Brennan's a listener. Pat, you need to do a full investigation this week as to what happened to the boot and why the boot did not appear last night. Yeah, put the Channel 9 I-team on it. Where you at, John Matteris? <laughs> Where's Howard oh. Ayn, the troubleshooter? I got a problem, Howard. <laughs> well, guys, I think that's going to do it for the first episode of the week of the postcast, which is a weird thing to say out loud. I I, I think we're going to keep this to be right around an hour. I This 
this was fun. This will work. We can have Jonah on. This will be a good time. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with this. Is there, is there anything else that we, uh, we want to get done with here before we, we wrap up this episode? Can we never do another 9am taping ever again, please? Okay. So look again, peek behind the curtain. I have Jeff Ruby's, uh, reservations tonight. And as much as I love Wait. every single listener, okay, including all right. you, all right. Time, uh, time out, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> How much money did you make in the advertising when that was turned on? Because this is pretty suspicious that we're claiming only sixty cents got made. Now all of a sudden, Kevin's got Ruby's reservations the week after the ad mistake. You want to know what's really funny is we have a uh, we have a great uh, I guess it's a coupon for Jeff Ruby's. It was sixty five dollars. You got a six ounce lobster tail, lobster tail, six ounce sirloin, and like three sides. I was like, well, fuck it, that <laughs> that'll work. Sixty five bucks will make that work. So. Oh my gosh. No, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, like I said, stay tuned. We will have another episode in your feed on Thursday. Uh, we have an interview lined up for that episode. We're going to do probably in the 11 out of the 18. We'll see where that episode takes us. Uh, if some news breaks in the uh, in the week, we'll, we'll try to touch on that as well. So we try to get you covered here. And um, yeah, in, I hope you enjoyed this. Give us some feedback. If you, if you prefer this format, if you're desperate for the return of Mario Brothers movie reviews, you know, let us know. And uh, this 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 show is for you, right? So if you're not all happy with it, you. let us know. Yes, <laughs> we'll we'll all get together one time at a, a Burger King, and and we'll all, we'll all talk about it. So, uh, no, thank you so much for listening, and um, fuck the crew. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app, or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.